Who the bloody hell's that? Should indeed. You're listening to the Corona Diaries, a sometimes random and often irreverent attempt to understand the psyche of singer Steve Hogarth. Hello and welcome to chapter 196 of the Corona Diaries. Wow. And we've we've started with the intro and we haven't done that for ages. It's completely thrown us. Yes. Either either we've got a guest or somebody's got a deep booming voice. You've your voice is deep and booming this evening, Anthony. It's not me, it's or our guest, is. isn't it? My voice isn't deep and booming. There it is. Look, listen to that. There it is. <laughs> Shakespearean. Hundred and ninety rolling baritone. <laughs> um Hundred and ninety six episodes of this stuff you've done. Mm. Yes. Wow. Fucking hell. I know. I know. Just don't think wow. about that too deeply. No, no. In fact, don't think about it at all. We didn't. Like driving in traffic. We we should introduce Mr. Hunter, Mr. Mike Hunter, who's with us. You've been trailed for weeks, Mike, though. That people oh, really? have been expecting you since about November. I feel like I've been trailed. I feel like someone's been following me around. We've been towing you behind yes. an aeroplane and everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So thank you very much for, for joining You're us. Very I've, I've, even, I've almost forgotten why we asked you on in the first place, but I, I think I could just about remember. <laughs> Let's hope so. Let's hope um, so. <laughs> but before we get on to that, I must talk to I must talk to you, Stephen, with the PA. Oh yes. Um, because it, it, it appears to be that you took Rome by storm on Saturday night. Well, I'm glad they thought so. Um, I was a bit busy. You know, every, it's funny with, with, you know, with gigs. Everybody goes, how was it? And I'm usually so, so wrapped up in trying to get it right, sing in tune and listen out for whatever's wrong with it, you know, and because... Um, you know, it was it was it was an intense few days uh, to go over and rehearse uh, rehearse the band um, and check that I was happy with what they were doing. And before it even really got settled with that, the choir came in and I had to check I was happy with what they were doing and give them a you know a bit of direction and a bit of a brief. And then that was that. And then the next thing, we were sound checking. And the sound check was, as you'd imagine, a little bit chaotic. Um, I was working with a monitor man I'd never met. He was doing his best, you know, and did a good job. But the fact is that the, the, the actual performance for me was spent uh, trying to get it right and trying to, try and, you know, and listening, listening hard to see if everybody else was getting it right and... If they weren't, could I go with it in some way? You know, if it, if it, um, if it changed course, could I change course with it? Um, so, at the end of it, I thought, well, I think that's gone quite. I think that's gone well. You know, I made a couple of silly mistakes during the um, 
because I played three or four songs um, before the band came on. And, you know, I, I, I just got a mental block halfway through Famous Blue Raincoat, which I can play in my sleep. But these things happen when you haven't had chance to, you know, if you're mid-tour, then it all gets into your muscle memory and you can really relax and think about the words and think about what the songs mean and forget all about the playing and the chords and everything else. But when you've had a break and you're coming back to it, then that stuff's just ever so slightly rusty. Um, and I had knocked through it all at home a few times, but I still had a mental block and I, I think I dropped a clanger somewhere in white paper. And I, Those are the things I then remember for the rest of the evening. doesn't matter... What's wonderful about it, I, I sit there quietly kicking myself over over a couple of notes that I've missed. You know, so when you're steering the vessel, it's not the same as being on the sun deck enjoying the cruise, put it that way. Well, I I saw a couple of clips uh, specifically of the choir. Mm. Um, well, I had my back to them. <laughs> well. Yeah, well, there were a fair few of them, weren't there? I didn't. I, I kind of in my head, I had two or three in my head, and they seemed like a gaggle when I, when I saw the. Clips. I think there was about twelve of them. I didn't count mm. them, um, but there was seven or eight girls, I think, and four or five boys. Um, is what I think, and a choir, a choir leader or, who was female. And I don't know what the correct, politically correct, woke term is for a... a conductor is fine, I think. Conductor. See, conductor, yeah, I, think so. I think of somebody waving a baton. But I suppose yeah. she was technically, wasn't she? And it's it certainly sounded impressive. She was Margarita, and she was very nice, but I couldn't think of her name without thinking of... You know. A drink. <laughs> <laughs> or status quo, even. No, I think it was a dream. I was thinking. Yeah, I'm afraid. <laughs> she was very nice. And, and she knew what she was doing, even though I'd reduced her to a cocktail in my head. <laughs> right, okay. Somebody asked, "Is it? was it recorded? Yeah, it, yeah. It, will it, it find I think it's been multi-tracked, and I, th I think they may even have filmed it. I don't know to what oh. extent it was filmed. But I think there was a, a few cameras floating around. So it, it, it can appear at some point in the future. I saw your face drop then, Mike. Did you did you <laughs> sort of work out it was being it was heading in your direction no, 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 at no, speed? No, no, no. No, we're busy enough, I think. <laughs> yes. So back I mean, first up, Mike, how are you? You look you look eating well. Very well, yeah. Very well, thank you. Just, you know. Still nursing the pain of a 10-point deduction from the corrupt Premier League, but, you know. It could be 20 by the end of the season, <laughs> the way it's going. Just don't. Oh. Anyway, uh, enough. That's the only hope we've got of staying up, is yeah, your misfortune. I know. I know there's a few like that. Who'd be, who, if, if votes come to pass, they'll all be fucking voting us right down there. <laughs> yeah, well, we will. Yeah, definitely. We've already put our vote in. What have you done to deserve this, then? Have you... What, what oh, do don't get me started. No, Mostly no, no. bad accounting, to be honest. Oh, okay. Buying loads of shit players for twenty pound, twenty million pound a pop. Right. But but the amount of money we've spent on our new stadium, apparently, if we'd have 
couched that in different accounting terms, it wouldn't have counted as part of our big spend. Ah. You know, because it's because it's a massive in- infrastructure thing. So you could have said, well, I know we've spent two hundred million there, but it's a fucking big build and it's going to last for a hundred years. Um, it's not like you know buying a stupid striker for eighty million quid or something. So um, yeah, we fucked it up anyway. Big. T- oh, sorry. So do we? No, you do swear, don't you? Yeah. yeah. yeah um, oh, oh God, do we swear? So yeah. No, so it's apart from three days in January. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, we're going to. Uh, yeah. Anyway, enough Everton. Hmm. Yeah, it's a very valid point though, because football stadiums do tend to last for about a hundred years. Yeah, don't exactly. They? So... And it's not. It's not. You, you haven't. You haven't cheated your way to one. There's. You know, when you look at someone who's built a massive, it's nearly finished. You know, that's cost money. It's cost a lot. Yeah. You don't have to be a juice. That's cost a lot of money. So yeah, we'll see. Right. Well, I mean, obviously, I, I wish you all the best. We have got a certain amount time. of yeah, a certain amount of rivalry at the moment. But bear in mind don't, both of our respective don't they positions. Have, uh, VAR for that, can't they? Have you know a few blokes in a room with a, a load of cameras pointing at a load of bricklayers going, no, no, that's definitely <laughs> bricklaying. <laughs> yeah. That's definitely not the, a football. It's over the line. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the concept of VAR for bricklayers <laughs> in of itself is genius. Could work. It could get you out of a tight spot. In of itself is genius. <laughs> um, anyway, Mike, yeah. obviously we've asked we've asked you on right. because we've had three stabs at trying to put together a considered episode about the With Friends from the Orchestra project. Yes, right. And if you look at what's in front of you on screen, you will see the sum of the problems with trying to do that. Right. Um, and, and that's not... I, I wasn't referring purely um, to, 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 to the person giving me the finger. Yeah. I was talking about both of us. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. Um, so we've, we've had a crack. We've had two or three goes ourselves, and really we've, we've not got very far. Um, but the one thing we've ascertained is it was a different project to anything probably before it or or since yeah in terms of the fact the songs w- were written yeah before the yeah yes yes there'll be new arrangements and what have you but ultimately the songs were the songs were written um so we're we kind of hoping you're gonna fill um fill the void where content should be i'm trying <laughs> where my brain tells um, it would be that's what you're trying to yeah, say really. i'm not I'll, I'll give it a go i think the uh, so, Sorry, I, I was going to say the most similar thing it was to the thing it was most similar to even uh, was probably less is more in that the songs existed. We wanted to do them in a different way, um, so it was more similar to that than anything else. But because there's other people involved, other musicians, not just the band in the room, that made it different again. Mm. Yeah, yeah, because I guess you had to be more structured. There had to be arrangements. You have to instruct people what to do. Yeah, no. I mean, I mean, the band can go away and reform songs as part of a creative process, but that's not what you were trying to do necessarily, was it? No, it's it's different in the sense of once we've decided what we want to do with an arrangement and and for you know for the strings, horn, and flute, um, you've got to you've got to get it nailed. Don't you? you can't be too. I mean, you can you know you can can do some things on the hoof but really you really need it nailed down dots written parts printed sent out to people months before so they can rehearse and things um so it's 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 a lot it's a bit more structured than the normal marillion creative process will be which is a bit more a bit more loose okay 
So let's go back right to the beginning because we've talked about this, but we'll try it again and then see if you can both throw in. So um, of the things I noticed, um, obviously you've got you've got a number of songs there. I can't remember exactly how many it was, um, but it looked it, it looked like there was a song per album. As uh, in, was that was that something you remember being it a, wasn't, a discussion point, or is that it wasn't as conscious as it probably looks when you look at it like that? I, I think. Um, I suppose we would have come down to if if you've got two or three runners and riders off one album and once you whittle it all down you're going to end up with three off the same record you'd probably go well hang on there's another one that's just as good as that you know what I mean we might have mm. but I don't remember it being a big conscious thing but we probably would have been sort of aware of it but it wasn't a thing of let's do one off this one off that I was just going through the, the way it sort of started was um I just went home to me loft uh during the summer of whenever it was uh 2017 or something i don't know i can't remember um and basically just in a really selfish way i just went through all all the songs i really really liked that i thought would suit this sort of treatment and then i mocked up arrangements you know on top of existing live versions i'd sort of play along and arrange along with it and and I just made a load of demos, far more than are on the record. Um, and then once I once I feel like I felt like well, we've definitely an album's worth in there. You sort of offer it up to the band, and we all sort of listened, and you know some things were were outright scrapped, like my um, out of this world arrangement, which was showing the door very early on, and very very ruthlessly. Um, and then. Yeah, we just we had a we probably had about I don't know fourteen or fifteen that we all thought was pretty good, um, and yeah, we so th- the idea was let's rehearse it up in racket without any other people, because I suppose from the band's point of view, you don't want to sort of wander into real world with some, you know, with proper musicians with the greatest respect. You know what I mean? You don't want to rock up and go, oh fucking hell, we don't even know our own songs. So they were the band were brilliant. They were very very on it. We rehearsed it all up. So essentially, we sort of did. I did a demo using a live track as a basis to sort of see what we wanted. Then we came into Racket, rehearsed up them playing to those strings to see what you know that you might want to change what the band do a little bit. I think things things like Fantastic Place where we made it a little bit more Motowny because it sort of felt like it suited it in the moment sort of thing. Um, yeah, and and once we'd got a thing where we think, well, okay, we can play this from top to bottom. We like all these songs, and and it and it works, and everyone's play- then we could get the the strings and the horn and the flute in in the studio and do it all together and play you know play it all as a as a big band. And and that and that was your brief to do that, was it then? I mean, you didn't just disappear off I into can't, the loft. You, I, can re, I can can't re, remember. I can remember the, the whole idea of doing it was Lucy Jordache. I'm absolutely convinced my memory is right on this. That um, We were talking about, like, some it was, say it was that summer I'm talking about. It was like, well, what are we going to do, blah, blah, blah. And I think Lucy had said, is there any, is there any sort of, um, is there any mileage in doing a sort of less is more a sort of interval between proper proper albums for want of a better word uh, because we'd just come off the back of the Albert Hall things and stuff and they'd gone down well and you know they've been felt good mm. to do 
so we said, yeah, let's let's try some more, and um, and it it sort of worked, I think. Yeah, I think I, I remember my feeling, and it probably more or less the same as the rest of the band's feeling was that we'd we'd worked with this unit now live, this um, with with the court with, with the Impraise of Folly Quartet and Sam and Emma uh, on uh, horn and flute live. And it had been a really good experience, and and we'd recorded it, and and so now we'd got you know a live album in the pipeline, with those elements, um, in the music, and it seemed to me like a, the most natural thing in the world to well why don't we go into the studio and record this pro- you know properly in inverted commas yeah. rather than at a live show, um, so. If yeah, when I get, I guess maybe maybe Lucy rolled out the idea, but I I personally embraced that wholeheartedly because I thought it would be be almost a yeah. shame, you know, be like yeah. you know getting married and not wanting a kid, sort of thing. Yeah. Not that I'm saying there's yeah. anything wrong with that, but <laughs> no. uh, but you know, felt like we should we should give birth yeah. to some recorded properly recorded work. Um, having having arrived in this place with with the six players that that felt so so good to us, it would be a, a waste to just leave it to to a live recording. That's how I felt. Yeah, and I think I think yeah. So I, I I don't think it came from nowhere. I don't think we were all sitting around expecting to do a, a normal album. And then Lucy went boom from left field. I just remember it being brought up in like a meeting or something. We were chatting, but I, but I think the one of the other things. Um, that I'm remembering now is the other thing that we thought would be nice would be maybe we could because the background to the Albert Hall <laughs> show which was uh, personally quite sort of terrifying and stressful was that um, we'd we'd never in fact Sorry, this go. This also slightly goes back to the convention in 2017 as well, where we did those. Hand, we did the. Um, oh God, was it the radiation thing or was it dot com? Dot com. But dot com. That's com. right. Yeah. 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 The- where we we so we'd done we'd done two or three little string arrangements for that, but we had no. We'd never never we'd never heard them played by human beings until the sound check. Mm. Which for me was just horrible because you know you just don't know maybe it's going to sound shit and it's going to be way too late to do it. So we did that for the convention, but they they worked out you know interestingly enough. But then we did the same fucking thing for the to the Albert Hall where <laughs> we we did those we did um, a show in Paris and Holland as like a warm up is my memory and yeah we played the when, Zenith that was the first time yeah. we'd kind of. And then they We'd walked never, on, and there's anything we, were, you know, yeah. here's all this so, music, so we, and let's hope that's yeah. good because yeah. there's going to be a few but thousand only, people in there in a minute. If you remember, you were also doing the first half of that show as just as Marillion doing Fear as well. So it wasn't like there was nothing to do. Mm. You know, we were already playing <laughs> that album in full, and then we had this second half, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm very, very sort of, you know, very basic in my arrangement arranging world i don't you know i don't sight read read follow score but i don't sight read or anything and it's not my natural place to be so standing in front of a load of musicians with whatever it was maybe eight or nine arrangements that we'd never heard anyone play 
handing it to them and then say in sound check and then going, I hope this is fucking good because we've got no time to do anything. And it was it was just so so stressful. But it, it, it was good. But it, it did it did lead us to do quite big dramatic changes on that first Zenith show. We kicked out a few songs and changed things around and we had to do a never we'd had to do a string range for a Neverland the night before the Holland show. <laughs> Just in my hotel, just in my hotel room. It was just terrifying, but it it did work out. And by the time we got to the Albert Hall, it was it was all sort of it was all rocking and good. Yeah, I think the but fact that you you seem to sail through these challenges is, is sort of given the band the impression that that yeah. it's not a lot of pre- work or pressure for you. Cause... It's completely it's completely <laughs> wrong. So so that that going to going to Paris for that first show. Was just genuinely really scary. Very exciting as well. Don't get me wrong; it's not like horrible, but but you know it could have it could have been a disaster. You know, if you think about that, if the, if they'd all played through it and it had all sounded like absolute shit, what what are we going to do? Mm. You know, we're going to be playing the album all in three days. You know what I mean? There's not a lot of time to get this sorted out. Phone to Simon so, Rattle, offer him was, any it, amount of money. It was, yeah, it was bloody, it was very, very scary, but it did come off. So I think that was the part of the thing that was going to be nice about doing this studio album was we'd actually get a chance to try these arrangements on a little bit more and we could sit in the studio and go, "Mm, you know what, we could just change that a little bit and change that and just refine it a bit more. and, and, And also you've got that nice feedback of the musicians in the room where you can talk to them about it in a more relaxed way than, you know, in a sound check with five minutes to go going i wonder if we should change that vo up (laughs) fucking hell you know it was just it was just yeah it was quite it was quite a yeah it was quite a workout but yeah so it was nice it was nice to get a chance to do a slightly more relaxed approach to do the studio version there's I mean, there's so much there, but the one thing I, w- I will say, and and this is, uh, I don't, I don't know where I'm allowed to say this out loud or not, but I'm going to. When you when you're welcomed into the Marillion world behind the scenes, you you get a perspective that is different from the perspective of when you stand out front. Yeah, and that and, this is this is what we were talking about this other day. This is why I don't like doing interviews and stuff. I think the minute you start pulling this curtain back, but you you two do this with some aplomb. You're you're flinging the curtain aside and waggling whatever you want to waggle. I, I throw I often, all my curtains aside, not not just yeah, not just no. the band, the whole lot. So, but I often think it's it's nicer to keep a bit of mystery. <laughs> <laughs> um, you're, you're somewhere in the so if you take Disney as being the example of never seeing how the sausage is made because yeah. Disney do that shit really really well yeah. if, so if, if you walk into Disney you suspend disbelief and, and everything you, you never see a, a delivery entrance at Disney or if, you, if you ever drive around the park right. nothing dispels the myth yeah. of Disney if I was in charge of Marillion, that's what it would be like. It would be Disney. Nothing would dispel the myth. <laughs> it would be Disney, yeah. Even though you've just come on and said, five minutes before Zenith, we were changing parts and this, that, and the others. Even you've just said that yourself. Yeah. It, but that is the beautiful thing. It's actually part of the magic of, of, of Marillion because when you are out front, you do, you honestly don't know that. Oh, no, I know. And I mean, that goes back a little bit to what Steve was saying before when someone says, if you had a good gig and he's remembering two mistakes out of, you know, an hour or two's singing and every, nobody else noticed or cared and had a great time. But I understand that. So 
it's one of the great shames of when you're making things one way or another, either performing or you're doing things behind the scenes or arranging or anything, is that you never get you never get to experience that. It's it's a real. I've I've said it before. I might have even said it to you, but I've said it before. I think one of the great shames about making records for us, for anyone who makes records, is you ne- you can never ever hear the finished record. You never mm. when you get the record, when Ant gets the record and puts it on, he's hearing what it's supposed you're to hearing be. It. We can't hear it yeah. with that. Without all the all the gl- all the ghastliness that went you know into making it, all the fighting, all the the struggles, you can you can't unhear that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And you've listened to it forty five thousand times. You haven't just put it on twice and gone, "Wow, I love this." It's so you can never do. You need a sort of a mind eraser. Yeah, and you also and then, you also you also still really aware of all the options and the things you nearly did. Instead, yeah. you know, so you hear yeah. you hear yeah. verse one, and halfway through, you're thinking, "Oh, oh, that was that line we altered, or that was that melody yeah. I altered, or yeah. oh, I remember, I remember there yeah, was yeah. something else going on there that, that we decided to get rid of, and, I, and I'm glad yeah, we yeah. did." Yeah, so you're yeah. you're you're thinking about all of those options that are still floating around in your mind, and you know, even yeah. though you've made the decisions to either use or not use various things. So when 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 you put another person's record on, you just put it on, don't you? Yeah. And you listen yeah. to it and you go, yeah. "Oh, that's cool," yeah, yeah. or not, you know, or whatever. But you just hear what it is. You don't hear yeah. what it might have been and what it nearly was, and yeah. y- you know, you don't hear any of that. Yeah. And that so all that sort of pleasure is lost. It must be like painting. It must be the same as painting. Yeah. You know, you see you see whatever you know, Mona Lisa hung on a wall, and that there it is. But you know, Leonardo da Vinci would have been looking at it, going, "Oh, fuck! I knew I shouldn't have done that. Wouldn't it have been better if I'd..." What What was I thinking? You know, with with. She, what, funny enough, that? she did have a necklace, and uh, uh, um, they did they did like an X-ray mm. thing on it uh, some years ago, and there's there's a there's a you can see the marks of a, a necklace that was drawn out. Mm. That's often the, the case. change their mind I, off. You know what I mean? I want to see Vermeer and the that that famous painting he's got of the the she's she's pouring milk in a kitchen. Oh yeah, yeah, the jug. And there was yeah. a set of shelves behind her, you know, and yeah. which you, which are still there if if you X-ray the painting. Right, right. But it's just a plain wall because at some point you thought, God, those shelves are really distracting, you know, and they're yeah, yeah. unbalancing everything. They've got to go, and he might he might take a you know, days or weeks painting those shelves and been really pleased with them, but then realised they had to go. They've got to go, yeah. yeah. Music's yeah. a bit like that. Yeah, definitely. You sent me, just before um, out before it started, came out, you sent me a mix of Reprogram the Gene. And it was very close don't, to, don't, to the end. Don't tell don't um, mind. Which obviously I was sworn to silence about. Go fucking um, but it came on the other day. Uh, well, it's, it's found its way onto a running mix, and it came on the other day, and it does sound different. Yeah. And this is very, very close to the end, and yet, so you're still making decisions that close to the point, because at the point when you sent it to me, it was like, oh, we're, we're about there. Um, and even then, listening to that, there were still decisions being made after that. So, so in terms of the thousands of decisions that are made, I mean, I can listen to something that might have been two or three you know, two or three mixes away from what everybody then now knows as the song. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But maybe, um, maybe that's because you're you've got a slightly more you've got a slightly musical background too. So 
you're conscious of that because I reckon there's lots of and this isn't in any uh, th this is the opposite of being like sort of denigrating about it is that there are people who if you put a song on they won't know if it's the studio one or the live one or the because it's just the the song that they really like it's yeah. not the recording that they really like it it's not you know what I mean and there's nothing that's not you know that's a great way to listen to music you know what I mean to wonder whether which one this is not to be so you know caught up in the little details anyway Back to where we started, yes, or back to what we've got so far, because this is actually, I've now almost we've 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 on we've found the secret to this actually this this whole conversation because the bit we'd not talked about H was the bit in terms of the the journey through those live arrangements and then what came after because actually now you've said what you've said Mike mm -hmm. about you know the Zenith show and about Port Zealand yeah. and, and what have you work its way to the Albert Hall starts to really cement this process a lot more because it's a process that started a lot a lot earlier yeah to a certain extent because you've already to your point h you've already worked out wouldn't it be great to capture you know what might have been bloody scary in paris but actually there's something there there's something there that's really quite magical how do we how do we capture this almost for posterity mm. and you can you know in in a way that a live album probably doesn't quite do no, because you're going to have more time to consider every detail of it. When you're recording it and then even when you're mixing it, you're going to have the, the time to consider it and go, well, maybe I won't do that. Maybe run that track again and may, maybe we'll lose that bit or maybe we'll just change this bit. Mm. None of that is an option live. You know, there it is and it's going down yeah. and you, you, your, your job recording it live is just, is just to, to record it. So it's not overloading, and so it's it's there, and you can work with it. But the, the, what you could, you know, you're very limited in terms of what you can then do. Well, you know, unless you take it all away and re-record it and faff about, but then it's not really live either. Then, um, no. But what what I thought, just off the back of what you've just said, it's sort of taken me sort of backwards in time to how the whole thing came together, really, which was that. I went off to Sweden, I think with Richard Barbie upon Richard Barbieri's invitation to meet this bunch of strange prog Swedes with with their chamber chamber rock band, and as as a consequence of that process, I ran into Nicole, who was in their string quartet on that particular day, and you know, and in the tea break, she said, "Oh, I've I've got another string quartet called In Praise of Folly." And we're trying to get into rock and roll. And, and so, of course, then I'd got her number and I was thinking, ooh. So then that was kind of on my radar. And then we recorded Fear. And um, the New Kings had a sort of string, B minus string intro, which I think, I'd, I, think I might have written, actually, right at the very beginning. Um, written, played anyway, and sang on... Um, I don't remember writing anything, so, but I'd come up with it, and I thought it'd be lovely to have real elements because Merlin had never used real strings, and I'd, I'd occasionally put my hand up and go, "Why don't we put some real strings on?" And Mark would always go, "Well, I've got all these samples, and I can arrange them." And da -da 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 -da. and, and he, it's true, but from from my perspective. I, I thought it, it'll always sound real if it's real. If it's a bunch of samples, 
it'll sound convincing, but it'll never be the same thing as, as real human, you know, separate human beings playing different instruments at once. And so when we came to record The New Kings, I managed to persuade the rest of the band um, and Mike in, into replacing or at least adding to the intro of New Kings with a, with a real quartet. And um, I phoned up Dave Greggs um, and he put us on to the quartet that then came in, didn't they, from, from London. Yeah. That was Dave's yeah. suggestion. And, and they came into the racket club and a totally different quartet. Um, and that worked out really well. And it just gave, it just gave that, the intro of that song something extra um, and made it more visual for me. And so then, of course, we'd established a precedent where the rest of the band was going, oh, that sounds all right, doesn't it? That sounds good. Yeah. So, so quite often, you know, it's the, it takes a little bit of a little bit of a shove to get the rest of the boys to explore. So, I mean, if you know, if they gave me free reign, I'd have Christ knows what I'd have on our music, you know. So, so I do need moderating, but. You know, the, 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 that that whole thing grew, you know, from a chance yeah. meeting with Nicole, which then led led me to think, well, a quartet, well, a quartet, a quartet, it'd be lovely, wouldn't it? A quartet would be lovely. To, to finding the one that Dave Gregg suggested for Fear. And then uh, when we did, when we came to Duport Zilan and played Marillion.com, then I managed to persuade um, everybody to entertain the th and I, I remember even in, during that first sound check certain members of the band kind of looking down their nose going well, I, don't know this I don't know that this is a good idea you know <laughs> now what have we let him do you know right? and, and of course to make matters worse I dressed them all up in powdered wigs and God knows what, you know. So um, there was a lot of what. <laughs> are you sure this is a good idea? <laughs> They're going to hate it, but but fortunately, the, the you know the fans loved it, and and so bit by bit we just had a little bit a bit more wiggle room to to explore those things going forward, and then which ultimately led to this beautiful sex sex tet that we that we had at the Albert Hall and. And this album that we made. I think that I think that's the thing I like about looking back on these things now. The thing that I like looking back on it is that we did. I personally, my own, you know, I think we got the. I just think we got the instrumentation right in terms of. I mean, you can't. You know, you. I've said this before, but you're never more than four foot away from a French horn part in a Marillion song. So a French horn from someone we knew was was an obvious one. Mm. Um, there's lots of nice little flute parts and you know and Emma was known to us a sort of you know via um, Stephanie and that she was you know way out of our league you know in terms of her professional sort of standing but um, yeah and and, because, and the quartet was obviously fantastic and but the it was that thing of keeping it small, you know, it wasn't like let's wild a fucking great orchestra onto this already big orchestral sounding band because that would have just got in the way and some something would have to go then. I think if you try and put if you try and put a full orchestra up against a band who are playing bigger than a full orchestra are already amongst the five of them, 
you end up with some someone has to sit down, someone has to go. You know what I mean? Either yeah. the orchestra is going to sound shit, or the band's not going to sound like Marillion. I think I think the thing about this that I really liked is that I think most of the we we did some different bits, but most of the time the song really we I never felt like we really undermined what the song or the band did. Do you know what I mean? That was sort of that. That was the thing that I felt was really nice about it. It, 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 it could be, you know, other people have different opinions, but it only ever felt like it added or shone a light on a part, yeah. or you know what I mean. It didn't feel like they ever pushed the band out of the way, and it never felt like they're so relegated they might not, well as not have been there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it, that was. The it's thing all, I was almost like. as if. The, the the arrangement on that album could have been the original arrangement. That's what you're kind of saying. You could have ended up there, it, it, yeah, to a certain extent. It, it's part of the process. Yeah, it's not, and it's also that thing of I found subsequently like there's little tiny bits of it. Not always, you know. Sometimes it's nice when you hear the band do a song again, having heard it with the strings for a year or two. You know, it's nice to hear it go back to the proper version or something. But there are still, there's a handful of parts where when they don't happen now, I sort of think, oh, I'd like to hear that bit, you know, just tiny little parts. Yeah, and all, also gave 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 you the opportunity or us the opportunity to, in, in, in the case of two songs, in the case of Estonia and the Space, to actually create an intro to the song, yeah. which was separate yeah, yeah. to what the song had been. Which, yeah. in the case of Estonia, is just a really beautiful thing. It's a really beautiful moment that sets the song up. But in the case, for me at least, of the space, actually made more made sense of the arrangement of the song that that it need needed making sense of from day one. Yeah. Because there's that yeah, yeah. there's that thing in the space before yeah. And that always came out of nowhere, and we, we we kind of I remember we kind of wrote it in a hurry while we were recording it, um, in order to get from one part of the music to the next part of the music. It was like, how are we going to get from there to here? And Mark wrote that, yeah. but it always just felt a bit bolted on or rammed in, um, and so the opportunity to present that at the front of the song. Um, meant that when it happened in the middle of the song, it was being returned to rather than yeah. just dropping yeah. out of the sky. What's yeah. this doing here? That, that I always had that sort of feeling, which was, of course was made worse by that journalist calling it overworked guff. Um, <laughs> you but, don't forget those. <laughs> you never forget it. <laughs> no, no. But, but it's not overworked guff anymore. Suddenly it makes no. complete sense. Um, so that... <laughs> That gave us a chance to not not just very carefully add those colours to the existing songs, but in the case yes. of those two, yes. you know, to 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 in, to intro the songs and, and and to make them a more beautiful thing overall. Yeah. And and who's to say when the song's finished anyway? Because the point is, yes, oh, you might yeah. commit the song at season's end, but the point, you know, to to what you're saying, the song actually in your head gets finished. Thirty years later, yeah. twenty odd years later. Yeah, does well. That's a, that's a great tradition amongst composers. Anyway, there's lots, there's many examples of composers who, when they're playing their own, the Chopin was a, a bugger for this. Where later on, it, it'd still be, it'd still kind of be writing when he'd be, you know, performing it again. Going, oh no, now it should be like with this little, you know. Yeah. There's, uh, yeah. It's never finished. I mean, I think all of us, most most 
records you ever make, there's probably something you'd go back and go, oh, if I could just do that again, I'd do that with a yeah. little bit more or a little bit, you know. Yeah, as a lyricist, there's usually, you know, after, yeah. uh, with sure, time yeah. you'll think you'll think of a better line and go, oh, shit. Oh, bastard, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and I've been known to throw them in, do it, you know, live. When, if I well, thought they were better what, than what, the original, that's one thing that's always funny because that 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 missing line in TSE, mm. which we put back in for the string arrangement, yeah. and then subsequently every time you played it, you'd forgotten to sing it because <laughs> you got you'd years of after saying no, we can put this back in. It makes all the sense now, and then having put it back in, you then subsequently every time we played it, you forgot it to sing oh, it. Well. Well, you, that's the muscle. But it is nice makes. though because it does it makes it makes the it makes the rhyme better. You know, it makes the scan and everything better. It's good. The thing is that was all, that was always there from day one, but but the band got and then was taken the band out. got bored. I thought it was too long. Yeah. Let's lose that one. Oh, all right then. Yeah, that is. I have to say that is that is a very Marillion approach to when 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 this band when we when we're knocking something together and we're saying yeah this this is going to last for this long and it's going to change to this. There, there's a there's an element within all of them all of the band where it's like it, it's sort of measured by like length we've had eight yards of this surely if we had six yards of it it'd be better let's cut these two yards of this off and in the process of doing that you absolutely shaft loads of lovely musical things or a lyric but no this we wanted to be shorter and now it's shorter so we've really done our job that's a very very brilliant approach yes we've got it down to I... 20 minutes <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's what I was just about to say. I love the idea in a song that's 15 minutes and 36 seconds long or whatever it is. Yeah, you're trying to trim taking a bit. Ten, se ten yeah. seconds out yeah. was just yeah, going to... a bit worried about That's got it. It's the... far punchier now than it was. But it is It is true, though. When I think about all the all the stuff we've done where we've done longer songs since I've been working with them, they've never been shorter and got lengthened. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's never like we had this little thing. You know, you, are, you do tend to sort of whittle them back a bit. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, but... One line in TSE does seem a little bit extreme. Yeah, it does, especially as it made so much lyrical sense and everything and made the whole... I, I'm re really surprised that that got through without a big fight. But Well, I didn't have the power base in those days. You know, no, I mean, no, you, you've, built up your, you've built up your corner since then. <laughs> got to, I've got a gun cupboard now that I never used to have. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Are you Trumpesque now with your with your hold on this particular party? No, don't accuse me of ever being anything like that fucking no. horror show on any level. Um, have you any diary left? Yes, I think I have. Should we should we throw a quick bit of diary in then and ask and come back and ask Mike one more question or two before we yes, finish? Yes, let's. Uh, what okay. have I got? I don't know what I've got. Here it comes. Monday, November 22nd, Liverpool, day off. Hope Street Hotel. Girl saying, I'm dying for the shit. Jacaranda memories, off licence. Blue Coat Art Exhibition Shop, Bold Street Cafe. The Grapes, Cognac. Podcast at 3pm, The Mike in the Kettle. Changing Lynetta's flights, etc. Gin and Tonic, Club Sandwich. Editing podcast till 11pm, then watching telly. 
The rift between the royal princes. Lynetta thinks Lissy might pass away tonight. Tuesday, November 23rd, Liverpool Philharmonic Hall. Checked out at 1pm and crossed the street to the Philharmonic. In catering, I had the best gammon and eggs I can remember ever eating. Returned to the bus and spent the rest of the day chatting to Charlie and snoozing on the shelf until sound check. Lynetta's mum, Lissy, is still hanging on. It's tortuous for Sonny, her husband, my father-in-law, and Lynetta. It's really just a matter of time and there's nothing anyone can do except try and comfort the old dear. Lynetta's got to fly back on Thursday, whatever happens, so she's spending as much time at the care home as possible. Sound check went well. We ran through no one can just to keep it tight for Hammersmith. Back to the bus for more quiet peace before the show. The show was another cracker. We haven't had a duff one yet. I sang well again. More problems with the Fender Jag crapping out, which is frustrating. I can always go back to the Powder Blue Ricky if it persists any more. Didn't really affect my vibe, though. At the very end of the show, the band walked off stage and Phil played All You Need Is Love. I hadn't quite left the stage, so I walked back on and sang it. A fitting end to a Liverpool show. And we're back. Ah. Hello. Hello. Um, and, and Mike, obviously, uh, and thanking you again for just coming and, and, and being the, 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 the font uh, that, we, that we so required. Quick, quick question, because I might even ask you, have to sort of ask if you'll come back, because I think there's loads of what we could talk about. So I <laughs> might have to twist your arm, see if you, you'd, you'd come on and do this again about this particular album, actually. But first question then. Did it make it easier to start to write those arrangements having done the stuff for .com and having a knowledge of some of the personalities involved? Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. And and just and also the you know, like I said, like when we did the the PZ bits, that was just for strings. Um if, if I remember it rightly, it was just for the quartet. It wasn't till the Albert Hall bits that where we put the horn and the flute in. So it was knowing that you had that sort of palette was really nice because you could you could you know yeah you could you had a bit more to play around with and you could pick and choose your weapons. You know it was yeah it was lovely. That's a lovely okay. combo actually, isn't it? Yeah, it that, really that, is. You can make six. you can make a lovely noise with those mm. you know three elements really, especially when they're and especially with them being really nice people and you know good vibes in the room and everything which mm. is important and it's always it's always nice being around sam as well because sam is like you know legendarily very very funny and excellent company and it, it's always really nice and the other thing i then was going to add was you wrote the you went away to your, your loft and you i'm yep. assuming you wrote the arrangements on a keyboard of some description well no, i don't it. really do it like that it's, it's okay it's, 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 it's i sort of do bits i sort of do lines like that and and then sometimes just you know harmonize to the lines and stuff but sometimes i've i've ended up with this approach where i really liked doing it like this but it's the, the worst way and it, it sounds the most boring way so this is a thing where I'd normally I would wouldn't I'd leave this particular curtain across, 
but if we are having a peek behind, I I like sort of because I because I like chords, and the band like chords. You know, this, most of our time together when we're doing stuff is, what is this chord, and what are we going to do with the next chord, and why isn't this chord special enough? So I do like to, I you know, knowing Marillion's music so you know not so well in a in a big headed way, but just having been soaked in it for decades. Um, I know the things that I like about it, you know what I mean? I d that doesn't mean I know how it works or, you know, um, but I, I know I know the things that please me and move me. And sometimes that's a small thing within a part, and but because it pleases me, it means that when I'm doing an arrangement, I can bring that out a little bit and make mm. someone double it or harmonise to it in a way, you know what I mean? So it's 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 really sort of good fun to play. So I like to basically I sort of like to map the chords out for the quartet as if they're just going to boringly like you would with a guitar. You're just going to strum the first mm. beat of each bar. I get them to play that, and I sort of then pull it apart. And then, as you write the chords out, the lines sort of suggest themselves anyway. The, the natural voicings of you know the way one chord moves to another will suggest what that top line, and sometimes you go, oh, look, it doesn't, it jumps down too much there, so he should go up there, and that's, you know, and eventually you get a nice flowing set of harmonies that are that are the same chords, and hopefully with some, you know, nice little bits and bobs. Um, but that, I like, I like doing it from that point of view. It doesn't come from, like, lines very often. It comes much more from the glue of the chords and what they make mm -hmm. me feel like they're, they do when they when they're going one after the other. Mm, so it's just those passing transitions then that you're trying yeah, to pick out because and because and they, the interesting ways they move. You find that they 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 suggest you know without like the intro to uh, Estonia, for instance, um, which is a, you know not it's just a nice thing, almost like nothing to do with me, um, because it's just the middle eight. <laughs> it's 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 the same with the space. You take the middle eight, you put it at the beginning. And all the things that you like, the little musical elements that you like about it, as in the lines that move and the chords and the little twist of something, and you just bring them out and magnify them, sort of thing. That's that's you know, because I'm not a composer or anything by any stretch. So it's uh, it's a, it's a, you're only ever taking something that's already there, and making sure that people hear the thing that you're hearing. I suppose is the best way of putting it. And I guess when you start to do that with the four musicians then, or with the musicians, yep. particularly with the string section, this is where it takes on that dynamic that it doesn't have. Because string samples, for those people who, and I don't know an enormous amount about it, but they are the, the kind of, they're fixed. Those things are, well, are, 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 are played together, aren't they? They're very, very sophisticated now to the point where if, if you've got the time and you're clever enough, you can really, really make them sound very real. Right, very and, dynamic. But then the second you hear a real player playing the bit you've just written on your very real thing, you go, oh, there it is. You yeah. know what I mean? So I've found personally that there's sometimes you'll you'll write a little a little bit where a couple of chords move between them and sometimes it'll sound, in a funny way, sound nicer on the sample because you've, you've, you've gone with the, the sound of the samples has, has mm. led you to this thing. And but the most often thing is that um, when you hear real players play, you go, "Oh right," and it either confirms you just sort of go, "Great, I knew this was going to be really nice," and it is, or you sort of think, "Oh, maybe we could just have a little twiddle with this," 
having heard a, a human being doing it, you know. Because there's that inbuilt musicality when you put musicians together that's yeah, but not it, quite the same, isn't and it? It's, and it's not even... it. Yeah, it is. It's all those things. But it's, you know, like if you take a French, like a French horn part, for instance, if you get a very sophisticated French horn sample that sounds very real because it is the sound of a real French horn, and if you're asking them to play something that isn't super expressive, you would think that you could... Re and, you know, it's... French horn samples can sound really good and you can go, you know, make it work. But when you hear a human being play it, it's just different. It just is yeah. different. You know. I, I'm fascinated by that because I'm fascinated at how that experience must be, how, I guess, how um, rewarding that experience must have been to have taken what you, you, you'd done in your loft and then yeah. have it expressed. Oh yeah, I mean it's, by those players. Absolutely, it's. I mean, just just here, you know, you 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 do it in your little box in the room, then you work it up with the band, still with the with it being the samples, and you go, no, this is going to work, and then you get them on it, and you go, oh right, this is great, and then for me afterwards, seeing them play it live and stuff was just, you know, very very fun for me. Mm. Yeah. Because and, I guess as well me. they owned it at that point, didn't they? Sorry, H. Yeah. And me. Yeah, you know, it was wonderful to be able... I mean, I didn't have a lot of time to keep spinning around and, again, again goes back to what I said at the beginning. When when you're, you know, when you're um, steering the vessel, there's a limited amount of time for looking at the view. But but I, there were moments in, in those shows where I could just st stop having anything to do with it and 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 just be an observer and a witness of it and and drink it in orally and visually and watch it and just think wow that's mm. just so beautiful um all right where was i i better i better get back on it you know because I, 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 i'm obviously not gonna have long but I, I i was able to have moments and it was lovely yeah Brilliant. I think that's a perfect place to stop. But what I was going to say was, Mike, could could we do this again? But could we talk about the real world bit of it? Could we yeah, actually talk sure. about the, the getting down and recording it and what those days were like and yeah, yeah. and what have you? Because that's the bit we've missed. You know, we've we've unpicked a lot of the background to it, which is great. But it'd be nice to really get a, a feel about how that went and how different it was from from maybe you know other other sort of experiences you've had but in the chair. How how deep are we going though? Are we getting are we getting the fights in? Are we getting the rows? Oh god in? yes. Oh god yes. Oh, full, because full, the, full curtain free. It was my that was the worst Marillion album for me to do, you know, in terms of fun to do. In the end, it was yeah. Well, we did say we would get to that and H and I have talked about that. So, yes, if we could do that so that on that on that cliffhanger, on that cliffhanger, <laughs> on that we'll potentially career-ending cliffhanger, <laughs> you haven't well, got the luxury of ending every, your career with Merlin. Uh, no, that's, no, that's just every day choice. the potentially career-ending moment. You know, not you, my you, you live with that particularly sword hanging above all of us. I think. Yeah. Cool. Right. Well, we'll stop there, and we'll come back. We'll come back as soon as possible to do that. That that okay. other half of it. No worries. Mike, you're an absolute star. Thank you. No problem. Thank you very much. Thank you, Mike. So, no problem at all. I remember all of that now.
Thanks for listening to the Corona Diaries. It featured Steve Hogarth with the insights and me, Ant Short, with the questions. If you enjoyed the podcast, please consider subscribing and maybe leaving a review as this will help others find it. You could even share with other like-minded souls, should the mood take you. This has been an A Short Stories production.